attention architects, and creative minds. Get ready to supercharge your brand with Build Your Brand, the podcast that's unlocking the secrets of branding success for creatives. Hey there, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my friend, architect marketing expert, Jeff Eccles at Build Your Brand Podcast, where he explores the captivating stories of the world's top brands and transforms their lessons into powerful moves for small firm architects and creatives like you. In season one, Jeff shares the thrilling tale of Southwest Airlines, where he dissects their journey to the summit and distills it into strategies tailor-made for you. It's important to keep in mind that companies like Southwest compete in the real world, just like you, and face real-world challenges, just like you. You might be surprised at how similar those challenges are to the struggles that you grapple with on a day-to-day basis. Don't miss out on your blueprint for success. Subscribe, tune in, and let's build your brand together. You may have noticed that the very best brands in the world are also known for having somewhat unique corporate cultures. That's often the glue that holds everything together when they encounter those rough spots. We don't do it because it inconveniences the passengers to whom we are primarily dedicated, the short haul uh, frequent flyer. Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Your Brand today. Remember, no matter the size, the journey's the same. Your brand's journey to the top starts here. All right, Entree Architect community, welcome to the backstage area of Context and Clarity. Every Thursday afternoon on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I and our live audience talk with a special guest to search for clarity around the things that matter most to you, the architect, no matter what your context is. You may be the employee of a firm dreaming of doing your own thing, or maybe you've had a firm for a year or 10 years or 20 years and you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. Every week we cover topics that fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture, and they're all the need-to-know topics for the success of architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles, and what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co-host, Catherine McPhail, and I had with a special guest. Or will it be guests? from the Context and Clarity community. All of this to break down last week's Context and Clarity live conversation. So thanks for joining us as we all share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in the Context and Clarity live conversation to our own businesses. Let's get into it. Welcome to the backstage area of the Context and Clarity studios. This week on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I talked to Jeff Durkin, trained as an architect and now videographer for architects, and founder of Bread Truck Films. We wanted to know what our audience thought about the conversation, though, so we've invited Caitlin Parker to join us backstage. Caitlin is an architect, an Instagram star, and the owner and founder of Bungalow Roots in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, Caitlin, welcome backstage. Hi. That I'm an Instagram star. Oh, you are. You're a star. You're a star. star. <laughs> you are. Great, yeah. Great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm excited. So we we talked to uh, we talked to Jeff Durkin, 
There are a lot of people looking forward to this conversation. I've got to say that. This morning on Clubhouse, we had lots and lots of great questions. Um, so those of you that are out there listening on the podcast, the morning before Context and Clarity Live, we go to the Clubhouse app. We call it our 30-minute coffee talk. And we just basically ask people what they would want to ask our guests. So this week, Jeff, what would you want to ask Jeff if you had a few minutes? We got lots of lots of great questions today. So what did you think about the conversation? What were your biggest takeaways from the uh, from the conversation? I thought it was really good. I think it's his path to becoming where he is now was very interesting um, and funny. I mean, we all kind of find our way as we get. We, we started as architects and then we're like, wait, maybe this isn't what we want to do. And then we kick it around, figure out other stuff and find our niche, basically. Um, so I think it's, it's very cool that he's doing what he's doing um, and that he's obviously very talented um, and has, and I'm kicking myself for not taking a film class now. <laughs> it would make what I try to do so much easier. Um, I think I, I actually funny story. I shot a bunch of footage this weekend because I was building some ridiculous thing that I was going to turn into an Instagram reel or a TikTok or something. And it was all trash. It was terrible. Because <laughs> I just did the thing and didn't really think about the shots. And yeah, bad. <laughs> well, it's not too late, Caitlin. You could still take a film class now. I could. And yeah. I may, maybe I'll have to check it out. But yeah, I think yeah. I think what he's doing is cool. So I, I watched one of a couple of his films on his website, too. And they're, they're phenomenal. Yeah, I wonder if it's um, when I was in architecture school it was in los angeles so we spent a lot of time talking about film and watching films and i don't know whether that was the way all architecture schools are or do we all love film right yeah i mean we watched in college they made us watch all sorts of crazy stuff i'm sure we watched the fountainhead babette's feast did they make you watch that one <laughs> that's a good question i don't remember I don't um, remember. It was years ago, so that uh, does narrow yeah, was, down some of the films. Yeah, yeah a little bit. We we watched Fountainhead, certainly. Um, Blade Runner. Towering, Blade Runner, Towering Inferno, um, and um, Metropolis. Those are, Dr. Caligari. I, I think so. I think That's we didn't watch that one, but, but uh, yeah, somebody brought that up the other day on uh on our context and clarity conversation, when we were talking about different uh, characters, was that you, Catherine? Did you bring that one up? Somebody else did. It was Michelle, same age, same yeah. maybe English, but hadn't made a lot of them yet. <laughs> well, I mean, I was school in the in the two thousands, and we were still watching the movies that you guys probably were. Yeah. So yeah. no, it's just yeah. I mean, like you, you know, what I love that he said was that the cinema is the grandmother. Is that what he said? Grandmother, anyway. The all of the arts are encompassed in that. So, is it like the visual and the writing and the, all, like, all of it together? Yeah. True. So, maybe that's why. Yeah. So, my one of my professors in school, Daniel Doze, who I think is now uh, maybe up at McGill University, but he was huge into film. Uh, and, and I really appreciated that because he, he, you know, when Jeff talked about the cinematography, or cinema being the mother or grandmother or whatever it was of of the arts, that really resonated because Doe's, that's what we called them, of course, um, Doe's would bring film and set design and, and all of those things that Jeff mentioned 
into conversations about our designs in the studio. And I ended up having those as my, as my uh, thesis uh, professor, my thesis advisor. And so I, I really, uh, the, everything about what, what Jeff is doing resonates with me when, you know, to your point, Caitlin, about shooting, shooting the videos this weekend, when he was talking, when Jeff was talking about the script, you know, writing out the script sort of being the, the plan and the design, you know, of the architecture side, that, that made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that might be the thing that us amateurs overlook when we start thinking about how we're going to put this together and it scripted it out. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not even really like people think of a script as like, you're going to read from this and it's right, really right. not that it's the plan for what you're going to shoot and how you're going to shoot it and the story you're going to tell and the process that you need to take to tell that story. Um, which is sometimes hard when you're, when you're literally like, figuring a thing out while you're trying to film it that's hard <laughs> to write a script when you don't know what you're going to do at the beginning but if i'd probably if i'd taken the time to think through the steps before i started it it probably would have turned out a whole lot better but i just shot a bunch of stuff and said it was terrible <laughs> yeah well he mentioned you know uh he plans in a beginning middle and end to it i i don't know that and I don't, I don't shoot a ton of video. All of my video, like this is like talking head type video, not the group, but the the format. Um, <laughs> and so maybe I, uh, I weave that in in my mind. But thought about beginning, middle, and of my video. Well, well, I mean, it's a little beginning, middle, and end of a project. I've got, I've got a, a reel that's been saved for months because I have a project that's ongoing and I'm waiting to finish the reel because I have to finish the project. But like I thought about, I scripted the reel before I even started the project. Like I'm going to shoot this at this point. And I'm going to, and it was kind of like the catalyst to keep me going on this project too. So that's interesting to use video as a motivator. (laughs) Make make sure you tag us in that one when you finally post it. If I ever get done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I want to miss it. Well, well it, I feel like we could, I know we were talking about this after we got off the air with him, but I feel, and I don't think, I don't think he's going to be into it, but I would love to have him somehow teach us just at least like the basics, what we would need to know that would improve what we're doing by like 500% just initially, because I'm sure most of us have a lot, a lot of improvements to be made so we can make a lot of progress quickly. I don't know, it's really the idea of making videos of our projects that are beautiful, like his videos. We need a film class for architect, and I'm sure yeah. that's a niche that's not filled. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, so after you uh, jumped out of, of Restream, where we were broadcasting Context and Clarity Live from Catherine, um, I, I stuck around and talked to Jeff for a couple of minutes, and we're going to have him back early next year, uh, probably late January or February, to have another conversation but focus on uh, the technical sides so maybe in the next time we have him uh, we talk to him on context and clarity live we can get some some specific instruction on how we how we can do some of these things great so great yeah, he's he was totally into it not not into creating a course necessarily because he's, he's very busy right now but um right but but totally into coming back and having a more technical conversation. On, on one of the recordings, um, the podcast that I'm describing how he does things, I was kind of surprised to hear and also 
um, excited to hear that he rents cameras. And it's probably there. But, you know, you never know. They have production areas. But the idea of being able to use, um, once I understand what it is, um, a high-end camera but not have to buy it. So you could actually maybe rent some equipment. So I like that. Well, I think there's also a lot of um, small crews that we don't even think about. Um, One of my best friends here is a sound guy um, at the Canes Ballroom just on the street. And he also does sound for a bunch of uh, small production companies. He works for Fire Thief Films. Mm -hmm. So like these these are just some dudes that put together films and they do beautiful work. And, um, you know, finding some people locally to help you if you have a vision or something. I mean, obviously, you're not going to hire a company to do an Instagram video for you, probably. But <laughs> unless you're real big, unless you're a, you're a serious influencer, which I am not. <laughs> yeah, you might have well, a bigger budget than I do. <laughs> maybe we need to do those to be to get bigger. Well, Who knows which comes first? I guess. There's, there's, there's a certain return on investment that may or may not be there. Yeah, I, you know, we talked this week about tips, tricks, techniques, and equipment as a topic, and and Jeff mentioned audio today, which we talked about that a little bit yesterday. It seems very ironic that that's the number one thing, but you got to get the audio right. And there's some there's some fundamental things that that we can do. You know, get the audio, get good audio, get good lighting. You know, those things that are going to help our product a lot, and then. Yeah, I mean, I guess we we could rent to get better than you know our iPhones. You can get some pretty good video with iPhones, surprisingly. Like you just got to know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and if, I, I don't know if everybody knows this. I found this probably on some TikTok or something, but you can you can change the setting on your iPhone and shoot 4K video. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that camera that Jeff held up at the beginning yeah. uh, of the conversation was shooting 6K, <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you can you can do some pretty nice quality theoretically with it may be beyond skills, but it's, it is definitely possible. I don't I think even know a- what that means. That's the problem is that I don't even know what that means. So it'd be good for someone to say, "This is what you're. This would be good. This would be better. And this would be the best." I don't even know. That's the Anything. resolution, Catherine. That's, so, like, 4K is the resolution of the image, and 6K is it's just higher resolution. So it's more pixels. Oh, oh more pixels. Okay. More pixels, more information. Um, but it, I think you also have to consider, like, what this is going to be viewed on. So are you shooting it for, like, a movie theater, which is where you would probably need 6K, or are you shooting yeah. it to for someone to watch on their phone? Like... So much of our media is consumed on our phones now that so you have to like think about obviously he obviously shoots everything in like that big wide format because it's movie theater stuff. But if, if what you're consuming it on is an iPhone, then you kind of probably want it to be vertical when you think about so or YouTube turn it yeah, sideways. Yeah, so, yeah those those are good points, and and you're also going to run up against uh, data limits. Mm-hmm. sometimes and you know uploading trying to upload something a ridiculous resolution or something snapchat. like that snapchat wait let's back up it was a snapchat are you on snapchat <laughs> i am on snapchat you are. i don't i don't think it's even on my phone anymore but I... mm, okay that's something i didn't know about you no our, our rule our rule has always been i know we're getting way off here but our rule has always been with the kids if you're on it we're on it, and we have to be friends or connected or whatever. 
um, for for monitoring, but for safety reasons. That's that's why I'm on Snapchat. I don't think okay. I've ever posted anything or snapped anything or whatever it's called. But yeah, I don't, that's one I do not understand. Like that's a social media that's I'm too old for that, and I'm not. I don't feel like I'm that old. But the ki- the kids are still there. <laughs> yeah. But but I think you know bring bring it back around. It's you know to the real that you still have right that you're waiting to get all of those things um i i am just in love with the idea and what he said what mm-hmm. he's telling the story uh, the, the statement that he has in films that tell the story that's i, I i'm sure i butchered the quote but that's that's what we need i think that's yeah. really what we it's need. interesting that he said that if we are making videos for ourselves that they should be 30 seconds you know, I think a lot of us think of these like epic tales that would be 29 minutes long, but 30 seconds. Is- well, I don't know if you caught it, but he said a lot of the stuff he should. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, he obviously did. I imagine part of that has got to be just our ability to handle the files. Well, I think it's that. attention span, too. Like, yeah. for someone who spends a stupid amount of time on TikTok, my, I've noticed my attention span has gotten way shorter. Um <laughs> Nope, this is boring. I'm done with this next one. Um, so you have to like grab people's attention right at the beginning with those videos, and it's hard to hold attention for longer than three minutes. <laughs> yeah, especially when we're. I, I don't know about the two of you, but I'm I'm not producing video at the quality that, that Jeff Durkin is. Um, so yeah, I mean, who's going to want to watch minutes of to trash? <laughs> you know, so uh, that, that's I think that's a legit question yeah you know uh jay said that he bought his you know his whole equipment yesterday right Mm -hmm. and and after that clubhouse conversation we had and then he was unboxing it today during the show that's how that's like almost yeah wow for your microphone tomorrow we could be making better um audio videos audio we could make better videos (laughs) better audio tomorrow if we had you know, go into invest in that. Yeah. What did he say? I think he said he and uh, Jay got a, a pack from Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So back back to Jeff's comment that the number one thing is is audio. Jump on Amazon. You can buy a, a microphone pack for your smartphone from from Sure. Have it a, a day later and up your game. What an amazing world we live in. See, that's why it's hard. To yeah. Speaking of attention spans. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, so if you could, Caitlin, what would you, um, I mean, obviously you can, because you do, but what, after today, do you, are you inspired to have different subject matter? I mean, I think that the medium that I work in, I mean, mostly is Instagram, and I'm definitely not enough on TikTok, but um, in that short form video, and I do a lot of kind of talking head and like pointing out and just like telling a story by pieces and bits on just Instagram stories, which those just go away, but, um, they get a lot of views usually. Um, and people interact and that's kind of the fun thing. It's like a completely different medium than film where you make a thing and it goes, it's just out there. Um, and you don't have any feedback or interaction or it's a different purpose. Uh, I think I've never been very ivory tower, um, just as an, as an architect. I'm pretty down to earth. Um, I don't know that I will ever be on the level of Jeff or um, or uh, Eric Reinhold, 
those two mm-hmm. dudes do mm-hmm. amazing filmmaking and I just I don't see I love it I'd love to be able to do it um but I, I can't I don't think I can take myself seriously enough to do it <laughs> maybe it's not, um is the takeaway from that but I I think I should probably spend more time focusing on planning for the stories before I start shooting the stories um mm. and maybe kind of trying to do a few more like long form um I, cause a lot of what I like to do is instructional. So it's a lot of helping people DIY with their old houses. Um, so doing better at that would probably be what I would take away from that is telling the story in a way that sense so people can actually get something out of it. Well, I, I think what you're saying is, and you're, I think you're exactly right. What's the purpose to accomplish? Um, for those of, uh, in our audience that are listening and, and don't, you this is their first introduction to caitlin parker what is your instagram handle oh um i'm at bungalow roots um i mean that stems from i moved to tulsa not knowing a soul here i mean other than my husband who came with me and we bought a 1911 bungalow um you know um we bought a 1911 bungalow that i never had an old house before um I grew up in the suburbs and, and I did not know what I was getting into, but I fell in love with this old house and fell in love with old architecture. And that's why my firm was bungalow roots because the bungalow set down roots. Um, so that, that's what I do. Um, I help people who have old houses are lost and need help to get through the process. They're problematic sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And, and now you're using your Instagram to, to and, and primarily videos, right, on your on your Instagram to tell right. to tell those stories to right to tell those stories to help people to, to instruct to teach um, to to kind of outreach um, and there's a very large old house community on Instagram which I did not know about until I I actually started with just posting um, photos but then it became more about like interacting with stories and interacting with people on there and done a couple live videos which are really kind of fun because they're more long form where people can interact and it's the same talking heads thing that you you do on context and clarity but yeah Yeah, it is it is the same it's pretty much the same um except that i don't get to have someone else to talk to at the same time but (laughs) (laughs) so so here's a warning because that's you know that's the context and clarity conversation format, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just just put that out of your mind so that you don't realize when you slip into the insanity when you're sitting there talking, uh, looking at yourself, talking to yourself, but actually reading somebody else's comments. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> pro tip, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. So I think that what I do doesn't play to kind of that filmmaker thing that he's got going on. But um, I'd love to be able to tell stories about people who have old houses in that way. Like, I think that'd be amazing. I think that that's a missed opportunity in certainly in television, um, as we've seen with HGTV is just a hot mess for telling the stories of old houses. Um, Don't they have a new show about old houses? I don't have, cable so i haven't seen it yet um 
They do cheap old houses. That's kind of the big one, um, which that's a good, but it's very, it's a fun show if you're in the cheap old house community on Instagram. Like it makes sense to you, but if you aren't, it's kind of a this or that thing. And they did a very HGTV format with it, which breaks my heart because it could have been much more. <laughs> it's still good. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I think there are more heartfelt stories than get told a better thing film in general. Yeah, well, you were on my podcast telling your story about your house on mm-hmm. episode. Uh, so a visual would be good for all these stories, I think, that I'm collecting on that podcast because, well, I mean, to see what they are, they're like characters that you don't, you know. Yeah. Adding yeah. some film to that would be. Yeah, I was I was going to ask, Catherine, I mean, you, you've got your podcast, the Talking House, Talking Home Renovations, um, where you're you're doing the audio half of it. Yeah. Right? The yeah. audio half of the storytelling. And one of the things that Jeff mentioned when we, we get into the t- he said you could do the the interview, well, voice interview. Where you're going with this, Jeff. And then you could have the visual over it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he, he mentioned, uh, I guess it was the uh, context of a school. So you could do a, the interview portion of it and then you could go shoot the, the outside, the architecture part of it, I suppose. And then, and then weave those two together. I mean, you're, seems like you're halfway there. I don't know how long that would take, though. Each one would be um, <laughs> yeah. long. If it's a 45-minute conversation, that's long. Yeah. You just you cut it down. You script it. <laughs> you take the best parts, you know. You take those oh, good okay. little okay. audio bites where people tell their you know, their favorite story, and then you show line of that. Basically. That's true. I could do that. I could do that if I yeah. stopped having anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's one of the... You know, we, we've had lots of questions this week. And, and again, we're going to talk to Jeff 22 about the technical side of it. But I think I, I, I this is my warning for everybody, right? Don't look at Eric. That's that's what I need to be doing. You've got to go back to the beginning of Eric and see where he started and l- learn along with that journey and that process, right? That's the danger of and it. And it doesn't matter if it's that or if it's a, a baseball player or, a, you know, whatever, whatever the thing is what you see today is not where it started right Right. but i i think i think the danger or or the the thing is you look at jeff durkin's website and go wow i mean that's that's what i did the mini document i'm looking at that wow i mean that is that is just stunning work his work as well and so there's this idea of okay how do i do that versus how do i just get better at what i what i'm already doing in terms of, of video. Um, but then, you know, it's not just audio, right? It's not just visual or, or the, um, whether I'm using an iPhone or running a camera or whatever, it's, it's also the time it's, you know, he's, he, I say he, Jeff, uh, bread truck films, his whole crew, they're investing a lot of time. And so the, the uh, school that had the fire, they're going to spend three days just shooting for what, Sounds like it's going to be half hour at most, and so three days shooting, and I have no idea, no concept of what they'll spend in the post production. I think that's a huge barrier as well. Editing is the worst part. Like it's the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's a, yeah. I could, I don't disagree with that. That's probably a personality thing. But I kind of like but, editing. Yeah. I mean, have you tried to edit like? four hours of video down into 
a minute. <laughs> I haven't done that. No, I haven't. That one's really hard. <laughs> well, it, yeah. Well, you, you know, one thing that he said that I appreciated was that he films um, in a way that an architect sees. So he films when he's when he's documenting so that the architects, I guess, appreciate his work, right? And then and then it makes it, it's that, I think that's one thing that makes it different than the look at the building so that, that helps him with his, his specialty. The fact that he's like a filmmaker, only a filmmaker, he's not an architect. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. But then, but then I was thinking, well, who's the audience? So the audience, he was saying that the audience thought we're making them, but still. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. I think the public's a little more sophisticated. They understand an elevation, especially if it's a video. I mean, it's still a pretty picture. It's the front of a house, so, or the front of whatever. I, th- I think you're right, especially if it is a video or, or even a photograph, maybe more. But, um, yeah, I, I think he's the, the right guy doing the right thing at the right time. So, you know, good, good for him. Yeah. So what, uh, you know, as we, as we think about this and head towards the top of the hour here, have to wrap our conversation up at some, what are you going to do tomorrow based on uh, what you heard today in our conversation with Jeff Dirk? And I might try to salvage my trash footage and turn it into something, but we'll see. (laughs) I, the biggest thing about it is that I'm kicking myself for is we didn't shoot the best part of the whole process, which was us testing the thing that we were trying to build out and how badly it failed when we did it. We didn't set up the camera for that. So I don't get to tell that part of the story. I can't recreate that. So yeah. So. Well, maybe if you'd written it out ahead of time, then you would have thought of that. Yeah, I just shot everything. But yeah, if I'd thought about, wait, we need to shoot this. (laughs) Well, for me, that's the biggest takeaway, I think, is the... um, And I think of more film writing with a storyboard, but I'm not not as... I honestly don't think I'm going to be making any... um, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't... I mean, for me... And what I do, the talking head, is kind of it, right? It's probably what I need. Um, I might get more, not the storytelling part of it, but thinking through that's, you know, what I, so my process is. That's kind of your thing, Jeff. (laughs) Well, but but my process when I'm doing videos, it's just the way my brain works. I I think about it a lot. Um, You know, I'm, I'm grinding on it for a while, but then I just turn the camera on and go. So there's. There's no script. There's no nothing. It's just, it's just me, kind of riffing on an idea. But there, there's a lot of thought behind it. I've never written it down, right? I've never written a script or document. It's all in my, it's all in my head, for better or worse. You know, at some point, limits to that. So, so maybe, <laughs> maybe getting more intentional uh, yeah. application, I guess. I write myself notes when I have to, or I'll just stare blankly at screen. <laughs> But it, it, but I think also you know back to the back to the Eric I I doubt that I've always been able to do it that way. Uh, I think back to I mean I've got some horrific video on YouTube and other places. The lighting's bad, um, and I and I know I've taken lots and lots and lots and lots of takes of things which I don't do anymore. Just, like I said, I just riff and. Um, some of those, some of those get edited, and some don't. But, but that's. I also spend hours a week in front of the camera, so it, it's very comfortable. And 
I, I like one of the reasons I like Context and Clarity Live so much and, and the conversations that we have, which is it's a different animal, but Context and Clarity Live is that there's it is live. You know, and you're working without a net and there's not this expectation that it's uh, of perfection and and we can have real conversations and things like that. So I this I found my format. Mm-hmm. Uh, my format is not Jeff Durkin's format. Seriously, um, your format is live, um, live streaming. That's your format. I, I find that so stressful. I would I would prefer live streaming a hundred percent over. That means you don't have to go I'm back and edit. You don't uh, have to go back uh, and edit, but there's no editing. <laughs> well, and honestly, yeah. that's the part that's the hurdle I have the worst time getting over is the editing. So yeah, I have an easier time when it's just okay, I'm just gonna do this thing. And it's and it is what it is, and nobody expects it to be perfect. I don't expect it to be perfect. Nobody watching it expects it to be perfect. I don't do a bunch of takes. But I mean I remember stumbling at the very beginning, um, when I when I first started doing a lot of Instagram stories and like putting my face on Instagram, like being terrified um, of saying something dumb and taking a bun- bunch of different takes or whatever. And now I just, so I think it's yeah, practice. Yeah. It really is. It's putting in your 10,000 hours. And you, Catherine, how long did it take you used to, how many, how many episodes of your podcast do you have now? Um, well, I didn't number them all. So I think about 80. 80. How long did it, and I, and I realize we're talking about video about audio, but, but how long did it take you to get comfortable doing what you do on your podcast? I don't know that I'm 100% comfortable still when I'm editing it. When I'm editing it, I cut myself out a lot because I think, why did I say that? I just gonna cut it out. But I, since that's why I do the rough edit, so I cut it out. And so, you know, I, because I think people do say things and wish they hadn't or, you know, just, I, I know you can't probably imagine me saying anything that's not relevant, but um, it happens sometimes. And, um, whoa, but I, I I mean, I don't know. I used to, we had this class called Facing Your Image in graduate school where we had to stand in front of this monitor and the video was on us and we were like, and this was in 1995, right? So this was a long time ago and it's really disturbing. I mean, now that I'm on, I see myself all day, but that was a real, so we had to present things to the TV and all the class was behind us watching. So you were actually doing like a media class. Yep. In architecture yeah. school. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, that's yeah, I cried cool. a lot yeah. in that class. It was really <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I wasn't used to it at that point. And now everyone who has a cell phone is used to facing their image, for sure. <laughs> right, right. But this is even before cell phones. Nobody had any, pretty much, yeah, was not common. And, and getting getting back to my point earlier about slipping into insanity, I mean, I basically sit here and look at myself all day long. <laughs> it's, is mm-hmm. the reality of it, you know, either through a through a Zoom meeting or recordings or a video that I'm working on or something. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird. And then even a little thing like restream on restream, how you couldn't mirror your video before, and now you can mirror the video. I feel so much better. I felt so much better today that I could mirror, and because it's the same as on Zoom. I don't know, little things. It, we get used to. I mean, yeah, because you can't do anything if you're used to them. In fact, I. I've seen it like reactions to people that are seen because there's a filter on TikTok where they basically reverse the mirror. Where we're all used to seeing ourselves mirror, and people are like, "That doesn't. That's not what I look like." <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much. Fortunately, that's what you look like to everybody else. So <laughs> I know, I know. Don't think about that too much. <laughs> same, same on the audio side. 
What is it? Is that really what I sound like? Oh, I know. I hate my voice when I hear it. Repeat it back to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm used to that by now. I, I, but we were talking about that at Clubhouse the other day too. Just the audio and wanting to change your voice so it sounds like you, but it would not sound like you to anybody else. So that would backfire. If you try, if you're trying to seem like normal, that would not be normal. Everybody would say, "What's wrong with your voice?" That's when I blew Kathy's mind and said, "I don't listen to any of the recordings." <laughs> you don't. Well, I used to have to before Instagram did auto caption, which the Lord for that. Um, I had to listen to it like four or five times. Like I'd have to type out the word because I'd caption it myself. Oh, that drove me nuts. It drove my husband captioning these videos and. It repeats eight times before I get through all the text. He's gotten the point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think, um, again, all all in all, I mean, I think that conversation with Jeff was fascinating. And what he does, you know, good good for him for finding his his niche, maybe above anything else. I mean, when, when he talked about the fact that I thought about all the people in our community, and, and not not just I shouldn't say it that way. It's not just people in our community. It's just about every architect that I know that's terrified by the idea of niche. I mean, he's he he Jeff is certainly proving that it is possible. To, uh, I mean, he's he's the one right now, which uh, and, and he's backing it out of the park. So. Yeah. Well, if you're going to have a niche, it should be a good idea. <laughs> you know, I don't yes. think it works that well if it's not a great idea. No, no, we were actually in my my class the other. We were working through the business model canvas way off topic but uh, business model canvas they they're all the students and the very first part of it is is basically if you were to sum it up it's basically who are the people the example we're kind of talking through do these people actually want this do they need this how many people you're right i mean you can you can pick a niche but if it's if it's not a good quote-unquote good niche if it's not you're not giving something to that niche that they want if it's not large enough there's all kinds of there's all kinds of things that go into that being good or be well caitlin thanks for joining us it's been a fun conversation um thanks for sharing a little bit about uh your bungalow roots instagram and it's the same is it the same handle on uh tiktok as well yeah but i have like four videos on tiktok so okay. right, fair <laughs> it's, enough. So not, it's, it's not worth it on tiktok <laughs> so if you're listening to this go find uh caitlin at bungalow roots on uh, instagram and uh, check out the stories that she's telling. Check out her videos there in that format. And I appreciate you sharing your biggest takeaways from this conversation with uh, Jeff Durkin today. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Thank you. It's always good Catherine. to see your faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. If you're listening to this, you don't see our faces, but we get to see each other. Yeah. yeah Catherine, as always, thanks for joining me. Thanks for uh, yeah. uh, making sure we're... <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's good... Good as always to have you here, and, and uh, always appreciate you keeping the wheels on the bus and making uh, got everything on on keeping it on the rails. So, um, and for those of you out there listening, thanks for listening. Next week on Context and Clarity Live, we are, are going to talk about licensure. Uh, speak with attorney Patty Harris. She's the founder of Licensure, and uh, she specializes in professional services firms, and especially architects, helping you get all of the licensing and business uh, business entities set up across multiple jurisdictions, which is, uh, it's not for everybody, obviously, but uh, there are a lot of architects that do 
that are licensed in multiple states and uh, work across states and across jurisdictions. So I think it'll be a uh, quite a quite a gear shift, change of gears from talking to Jeff Durkin about videography. But but I think it'll be a great conversation with Patty next week about uh, all the ins and outs of licensure. So uh, look for that podcast to uh, come out, be published on. Um, Looks like Monday, October 15th. And then, of course, as soon as we record that live episode, we'll go backstage just like we have now. And we'll break that conversation down with another mystery guest. So join us uh, for that. And uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate all of you out there. And I hope you have a great great day or great evening, depending on what, uh, what time of day it is right now. And I hope I'll see you somewhere. Thanks, everybody. All right, well, now you know what we thought and what we're going to do with what we learned. But what did you think? What did we miss? I really hope that there was some big takeaway from the Context and Clarity Live conversation or from our breakdown right here that will help you with your business. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter and let me know what your takeaways were. You can find me on all the socials at Jeff underscore Eccles. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast and leave us an honest review and rating. Those things really help us to get the message out and help us to help more architects just like you. Oh, and follow Context and Clarity on Instagram as well. There you can get a heads up on everything that's coming up. In our next episode, Catherine and I will host Context and Clarity Live again with a new special guest and a new theme for next week. There's always something new to look forward to. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment. And it's also the home of Context and Clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. And finally, if the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take topics just like this and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey 
from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us. Can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success.